Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. But you, when I start thinking about this, I think about I think about my child. Anybody spend Christmas a lot of times think about your childhood? Anybody do that? The more you the more you approach you know the the, the, the date of Christmas, uh, you know you, you start. Upon, I, I, it's just some of my fond memories. Some of my fond memories as a very young, very small young man are our Christmas extended family Christmas moments. And, and, and when I was really young, our usual Christmas Eve would start out. We'd be at my dad's parents' house. And my grandma had one of those. Remember one? Of, I, I saw. I showed one of these to my kids in Walmart the other day. My two boys. Remember one of those those foil aluminum Christmas tree things? How many? How many has been part of your life growing up through the seventies? Right. Remember those foil aluminum Christmas tree deal things? You remember those? I showed them out there. It's out, there's one out in the in, in the lawn and garden department at Walmart and chill coffee. You should go take a peek. I showed them my kids. That Caleb was like, "Dude, what's that?" That is gross. Now, Grandma had one of those, and if I remember correctly, it had blue bulbs or red bulbs. It was just, it was, it was just, just two colors. It was silver with all red or all blue. And I'm not. Maybe it changed from year to year. I get my mind get kind of, gets kind of confused. And we spent time with my mom's uh, or my dad's mom and dad, and then we'd go from there to my great grandma's house, my grandma Chanley, my grandma's mom's house, all on my dad's side of the family. And we'd hang out together with, with my, my, my great uncle and some of his family, and we'd, we'd hang out there. And, and one of my, you guys are going to think this is weird. My, my great-grandma Chanley was, was an avid 3CU person. Went to High Street, Church of Christ and Christian Union in, Ch- in Chillicothe. She lived on Church Street, went to High Street, 3CU. But you know what my grandma Chanley would, would insist that we participate in on Christmas Eve? You're going to think this is absolutely funny. It's a blaze memory in my mind. My grandma, Great Chanley, at her elderly age of 60, 70, whatever it was, she would break out a Coke and a bottle of rum. And she would insist that all of us participate. I mean, I, I, I'm like, in my memory, I'm like, dude, that's crazy. You know, that doesn't even make sense if you're a 3CU. I don't even understand that. But, but now I know things. I'm like, man, that's like as a kid, I just remember like, you know, that was the one time I was going to get a chance, right? <laughs> Is this true? We come through mass. That's how part of my growth. That's one of my memories of being a kid at Christmas time. And then we shift to Christmas Day. We do all the morning stuff with my with my my, my nuclear family, and we end up at my grandma Cork's house, my mom's mom. And my mom had eight brothers and sisters, and my grandma didn't have a big house. And all of my mom's brothers and sisters had multiple children, with the exception of one. I, my uncle Randy only had one son. The rest of them had two plus. And so when we showed up at Grandma Cork's house, that place was packed out. Packed out like cordwood. You know what I mean? Stacked everywhere in the living room, on the dining room table. I mean, every place. And it was crazy. And then something strange happened. All those Christmas memories, by the time I became a middle schooler, became just that. See, the road turned. God had a plan that changed things about how my life was going to be led at that point. And we moved to Florida. And where it was just multitudes of us, suddenly it was four or eight. Because my grandma 
my, my dad's mom and my, my aunt, his sister, and her two kids, she was now divorced, lived in Florida. In fact, we get, that, my dad got a job because we went to visit him on vacation. He saw an ad in the paper at a plastics plant. He used to work at Rubbermaid out here. And he, when we were on vacation, he went to our interview and got a job as so we moved to Florida. And Chris, holidays were never the same. And I don't know why. When I first put this message together, it didn't bother me. But when I started walking back through it again this week, through it in this week, I can remember Thanksgiving. Where we're used to having all that family around. My mom and dad and my sister and I had Thanksgiving in a restaurant. And that's a blazing memory for me. Because you know why? All of our family was gone. And the family we did have, the relationships were strained a lot. We weren't getting along with my grandma. We weren't getting along with my aunt. We weren't getting along with her kids. And so there's a lot. There was just a lot of, and there, 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 there was, there was a, a holiday weekend. We went to Disney World, which for some people like, yes. And it was fun, but it was just something didn't seem right about it. You know what I'm saying? And I, as, a, as a young kid, I, I couldn't make sense of why the path had turned. From the time I, I, was, I was in the spring of my seventh grade year until I entered school my freshman year, so we're talking about like a year and a half, right? Two summers into a, I had lived in four different places, had been to three schools in a year and a half. In that volatile time, when you got those hormones acting crazy and things were going on and you're trying to make sense of yourself and you don't know where you fit or where you belong or where you're supposed to go and you're dealing with all that. And, and, and my mom and dad will tell you there are some things that went on in my life after that that made my life almost a complete wreck. But here's the crazy thing. God's plan led through that difficult path. And there were some things that happened during those five years living in Florida that make me Aaron Hines today that God did on purpose. But in the beginning, I didn't have faith to see it or understand it. And God's plan led me into it. And I think some of us end up in places at times where God's plan's leading a certain way, and but, but the more we walk it, the less clear it is. And we think God's spoken to us. We think God's led us a certain direction. We're trying to make sense of the actions and the decisions and the, and the, and the trajectory. And we just can't make sense of it. We're going, well, God, where are you? He's been there the whole time. And see, so when that clarity's not there, it, leave that, it leads to confusion, right? And when you get confused, you become frustrated. Am I right? When you become frustrated, you, you get discouraged. Am I right? And if you're not careful, that discouragement translates into depression. Anybody ever been there? Well, the story of Christmas is a story of God's plan taking shape and it not making sense. If you think I'm kidding, just I'm going to walk you through it here in just a minute. And we have to be really careful that we're walking with Jesus. Our, our carnal minds, our natural minds, oftentimes have a hard time contemplating what God's up to. Making sense of it. And we've got to trust in this moment, as we think about the birth of Jesus, we got to trust that Jesus is up to something. That the Spirit of God is up to something. That he's birthing something only he can birth and that we get to be a part of it. We must allow that to happen. So his, we have to allow his Spirit to hover in such a way over our lives that miraculous things can happen. I recognize right now some of you are on a journey you didn't pick. 
And now some things are happening and some things God spoke to you a long time ago are coming to fruition, but you didn't think it'd go this way. Anybody with me on that? Did that, that ever happen? In the book of John chapter 1, you've heard it a time or two this morning. John chapter 1, verse 10, you find these words written by the Apostle John. He came into the very world he created. That is the message of Christmas in a nutshell. He came to the world he created. And there's a three-letter word in there. But the world did not recognize him. Sometimes we still don't recognize what he's doing. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. I love how God keeps interrupting this story. There's already, there's already been one but. We're about to go into another but. But, everybody say but. Slap your neighbor, your neighbor a high five and say, he's about to talk to you. Okay? I mean it. Look, everybody, don't, don't, nobody miss a hand slap. Make sure everybody around you's got one. Because we are all in this thing together. And look at him and go, but. Look him right in the face and look at him and go, but. Come on, man. Y'all ain't in the Christmas spirit. People be giving stuff away right now. Huh? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it into dad mode here in a minute and just, just give y'all what for. Huh? This is supposed to be, we're supposed to be thinking about family and hope and love and all those things and sharing what we have. And maybe you don't feel like you have much, but today you got a butt. All right? Now give it away. Huh? Am I talking about the one with two T's? Everybody's laughing. See where your mind just went? Huh? I'm talking about the one T butt. Huh? One. But to all who received him, all who believed him and accepted him, check this out. He gave them the right, to listen to those words, to become the children of God. There is a space for you in the kingdom. You may not figure out where life's going yet. You may not know. You may not understand. But trust me, there's a place for you. And all you have to do is grab a hold of the hand of this dude named Jesus, who is the son of God. Listen to these words. They are reborn not with a physical birth, Resulting from human passion or plan. Nothing you've done, nothing you haven't done. Nothing you will do, nothing you could do. We'll create a space for you. But a birth that comes from God. See, if you just took these three verses right here right now, took out all the middle, took the first, took the first phrase and the last phrase, you'd have the Christmas story. He came to the very world he created, a birth that comes from God. That's it. Something man couldn't make happen. Something we couldn't make happen. So I want to tell you this today. We're going to walk through this. I'm going to say this a few times. When God's grace, plan, and spirit collide, miraculous things happen. When God's grace, plan, and spirit collide, great and miraculous things happen. That's where it's at. So with that being said, we've been in John. We're going to flip over to Luke. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Those of you who know the, the biblical Christmas message and story, you'll recognize these words. In Gen Luke chapter 1, 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth's not important at this point. We'll talk about her next week, actually. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. A little small town, an out-of-the-way place, no matter the oil of beans to most people. 
Okay? Kind of sounds like Green Township. You know, who else knows anything about Ross County and Green Township? Am I right? She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Life had already started turning. Here she finds herself. A descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, now that may, you know, some of you are like, oh, Gabriel, he's cool. He, you know, what's he worked for like, you know, the postal service or something? I don't know. Gabriel's an angel, in case you're wondering. Sent from God, from heaven. Okay. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And he says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Right here in this piece of scripture, I want to say this to you. It is not our uniqueness that makes a way for the miraculous, but it's God's grace. Because some of you still think today you got to do something to get God to pay attention. Or some of you think your situation's so unique, nobody could ever know. God could never accomplish anything to me. If he, anybody knew everything that's happened to me or everything that I've done, everything, you would automatically you either start counting yourself out or counting yourself in. It ain't about you. This is not. There are traditions in, in Christian faith that would make us believe there's something special about Mary. Not an ounce of that in this piece of scripture. Not an ounce. She is favored not because of who she is. She is favored because of who God is. That there's nothing here that even inclines us to believe that, that she's anything other than a young girl living in, a, in an outback kind of a place. That's it. That's all the scriptures give us. Nothing special. She is a girl just living life. She lives in a land. We don't know the name of the city. We name the name of the region. She lives in a place called Judah, what's left of the land of Israel that's now under bondage, under, under, under the, the harsh Roman rule, and they've been waiting for over 400 years for God to do something. He has been silent. He said nothing. And so right now, everybody's just thinking this is just life. Some of you have been walking this path for so long, some things happen, you think this is just how things are. And you think it's just always going to be this way, and, the, and no, God's not paying attention, and nobody else is paying attention, and nothing's going on. Some of you have thought the opposite. You're, you think you're married, and you think, in certain traditions, you think you've done enough, that God, somebody should be paying attention to you. Why don't God do something? I pray. I tithe, I love, I'm doing this, I get up every morning, I do my devotions, I don't, and you think that's what's making the difference for the miraculous stuff to happen. Can I tell you it's not, it is grace, it's always grace, it's grace tomorrow, it's grace today, it was grace yesterday, it'll be grace when you get into the grave, it'll be grace when you get to heaven, it'll be grace every step of the way, and you got to stop thinking that you can do something to get God to pay attention to you. And, and so he, he's here in this place. And this girl is just 13 to 16 years old. She's just, she, her life is probably tore up and messed up because she's engaged. And boy, that's just revelation to me watching it happen in my own life. And I think, dude, that's just, you know, she, 
She's 13 to 16. See, in our culture, we can't, we can't get our mind around that. You know why? Because we keep extending adolescence. Can I say something to some of you moms and dads? You know what your kid's problem is? You. Didn't bank on that for Christmas, did you? See, Mary has already, but most scholars think she's between the age of 13 and 16. At the age of 13, she had what they call bat mitzvah. And here's what happens. All right, right here. Here's, uh, here's the line. You know, you can see here's a gray carpet and there's pink carpet, right? Or whatever that color is. I don't even. Anyway, that's another thing. If you're colorblind, be grateful. Anyway. One day, she's walking. She's a kid. She's a child. She's an adolescent. In an instant of time, they have this ceremony called a bat mitzvah. She ceases to be a kid. She's now responsible as an adult. She's got to step up. She's got to measure up. She's got to do everything. Young men have these things called bar mitzvahs. And some of you keep thinking you're going to make your kid's life better by keeping indulging them and enabling them and helping them, and you're not doing anything of the sort. I'm sorry, I didn't even mean to go. That's not even in my notes. I don't even know. But listen, there's this girl who's young who's just trying to figure out life. And she's, mar- she's about to be married. She's engaged. And life's, when she thinks life's already traveling at a high rate of speed, suddenly it just, somebody presses the accelerator on her. Boom! <laughs> Her life was about to change, and it was going to be a good change eventually, but it was going to be very difficult. Wasn't nothing going to be easy about it. Wasn't going to be all bells and whistles. Wasn't going to be all celebration. Wasn't going to be all fun. It was going to be very difficult. God was interrupting her life. See, God's plan causes confusion sometimes because we can't see clearly. Our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. And he begins to do something, and sometimes it doesn't make sense to us as human beings what he's up to and what he's doing. And it it, it creates a difficult path ahead that needs the miraculous to transpire. Some of you are in a place right now where you're trying to make sense of life, and it doesn't make sense. And you're trying to figure it out, and you're like, what's going on? And God's like, I got this, trust me. But I don't get it. Yeah, you won't. If it's really God, you're going to figure it all out. I can't believe God would lead me down this path. Yeah, I've said that all kinds of times. Trust me. Look at Luke 1, 34. The angel says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. He'll be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever, and his, his kingdom will never end. Now, I want to make something clear here. This, this is one stumbling block for her. Because you know what? Even though she's a part of King David's line, she's not living in the upper echelon of society at this moment. The dude she's about to marry is a carpenter. So start, stop, stop thinking like, dude, everything's good, everything's great. This dude labored hard every day of his life. How many of y'all ever worked construction before or still do today? Huh? How many do that? Not easy, not fun, right? That's, a, that's you know, and how many of y'all construction people think you're in the upper echelon of society? Let me see those hands. Right? 
She's not in that. And so when, when, when this angel starts speaking to her that her son's going to be the king, she starts thinking like, I don't run in those circles. There's this dude named Herod. He's kind of in charge right now, and I have nothing to do with his family. She starts thinking in terms like that, just very natural things. And then all of a sudden, this other thought pops her in the head. It's kind of like the V8 commercial. Look at her next line. But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. I ain't never had sex before. I What? All of a sudden, things start to spin. And she's like, she starts calculating, I think, in her mind, because moms do that. The possible outcomes. Come on, moms, you know you do that. You're three steps ahead of your kids and probably two steps ahead of your husbands most of the time. Am I right? Oh, come on. And she's already like, oh my gosh, if I'm found to be pregnant, we got problems. We got real problems. What's Joseph going to say? Hey, I could be stoned. This is legit. I'm not playing no games here. How in the world, Jesus, is this going to happen? I mean, I think her mind just goes, woo. I mean, she's frying, right? You ever walk through something in life where, where the, the, your, your, your mind can't comprehend, like it's going 100 miles an hour, and you're trying to make sense of the ramifications, the consequences, the possibilities, the answers, and you just can't figure them out? Anybody ever been there? And somehow in the middle of you're like, God's got to be at work. I hope, have you ever done this? I hope God is at work. This <laughs> Can I say something to you right now? I assure you he is. I assure you he's up to something. See, where God's grace, God's plan, and his spirit collide, miraculous things happen. See, here's the thing. She didn't have the power in and of herself to make something happen. She couldn't create this scenario. She didn't initiate it. She didn't. It wasn't none of her doing. She would, I don't know. Most of those little cartoons and things you see, you see Mary with a broom and the angel show. You know what I'm talking about? Ever seen those cartoons? Isn't it funny? Like every time you, like, like Angel Gabriel shows up, Mary's like got a broom or something. She's like, what manner of salutation could this be? Hey, y'all know she didn't say that, right? Huh? She probably went, what? Huh? Because King Jimmy, he, he dressed it up for us. You understand what I mean? Huh? I mean, he, he dressed it up, so we started thinking like it's very, all this language is always very holy and very respectful and very, and I think she just went. You ever try to speak and words don't come out? I think she's like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And she, she's trying to make sense of it. And God, God says, God tells her certain things. God's Spirit's the one that's going to provide the power for you to move down this path. See, it's God's Spirit that provides power to proceed that causes the miraculous. When God's doing something, there, there, there's a very little bit of human agency attached to it. It's God's Spirit that matters. Look at Luke one thirty one. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Oh. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. That's where it's at. 
I talked to you last week about how when God's birthing something, even creation, His Spirit and His Word collide together. God's plan, God the Father's plan, collides with God the Spirit's presence, and God the Word interjects Himself into the middle of it. Bam! And light happens. Remember that? John 1, 1 through 3, 4, 5, and Genesis 1, 1 through 3, all kind of are very parallel. And they're just very, wow. Talked about that last week. You should go listen to the podcast on, the, on, the, on iTunes or something. The, 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 can I listen to the iTunes on po- the podcast on iTunes? Okay. Uh, my wife and daughter were having interaction. I want to make sure because one of them's in charge of that. Anyway. And, and so you, things happen. This is the same deal. Mary, her city, her region, her nation, in fact, the whole world were in a place of darkness and bondage. And suddenly, God shows up with the word from heaven, and he says, my spirit's hovering, my spirit's overshadowing, I want to do something. And right now in your life, it may be dark, it may be chaos, it may be crazy, it may be messed up, and can I assure you something, the spirit of God right now is hovering, hoping you will grab a hold of the words God is saying. Right now. These aren't my words, these words come from the scripture. These words are God's heart towards humanity. And and when you don't have the strength to create something for yourself, which you don't, God's Spirit has the power to make a way where there seems to be no way. To do something you haven't even thought of. I don't think she even dreamed of this. I don't think she's even, even even on her radar, I don't think. And I think God was like, whoop, check this out, woo. But it's not just his power to proceed. God's Spirit provides the power to succeed. See, enters this other guy. We've made mention of him. There's this guy named Joseph. And this word to Mary is about to wreck Joseph's life. And he's got to process a lot of information. And in Matthew chapter 1, you'll find Joseph. It says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Jesus' mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, she was still a virgin. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now Joseph, to whom she was engaged, if they reiterate, like remember who Joseph is, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. With Jewish culture, a betrothal was something that took place legally between two families. There was the groom's family, the bride's family. They got together. They initiated a, a, an agreement about how life was going to go on. Very legal, very, very on purpose, very intentional. And, 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 and so there, there was a lot of ramifications. Just the engagement itself was a big deal. And so when suddenly Mary's found to be pregnant, that creates a lot of upheaval in that legal system. And Joseph has figured out how we're going to fix this. He cared about her deeply, but he's like, something's not right. And you know, most of you dudes aren't buying that thing about the angel showing up, right? Huh? Who does, I mean, who does that happen to? Huh? Okay. Yeah, okay. Don't you know anything, Mary? The Bible says, the, the prophets say, he's got to be born in Bethlehem. Everybody knows that. We live in Nazareth. Hello? Huh? 
Don't think those thoughts didn't go through his mind. Like he was, he was a learned Jewish. They had to know the whole Torah by the, like the age of five or something. He, he, he knew what the Bible said about stuff. Torah is the first five books of the Bible, in case you're wondering. It wasn't like he didn't know. He got to deal with it. And so it says, as he considered this, just putting her away, there has to be like an actual divorce thing that goes on. As he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Can I say this something to you? God still does that. God still speaks to his people supernaturally. And I'm probably standing here right now because of a few of those things. Sometimes I didn't know they were God dreams until later. I had a dream one day, and then all of a sudden I'm walking through something, and God goes, hey, remember that dream? I go, holy smoke. I have had God do that kind of thing. So, so before we go any further, let me, let me assure you of something. God hasn't stopped speaking. He's still in the connecting to his people business. And he, he shows up to give Mary this thing. He shows up to give Joseph a thing on purpose. And I believe for a lot of us, he wants us to believe he's still speaking to us too. Now I'm going to say this. He's never ever going to say something to you to cause you to do something that conflicts what he's already written down. If he took time to pen it, he took time to mean it. And he, you can't say God gave you a word that flies in the face of something he already gave us. Can you hear me? Because there's a lot of goofiness like that going around the church. But we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Huh? We are, at Church Triumphant, we are not cessationists. We believe God still works supernaturally among his people. Every believer can minister. I believe God gifts his people to do business for himself. I believe he anoints them supernaturally to get things done. And if you don't believe God does that, you're probably in the wrong church. Enough said. Read the Bible. That's what I'm going to say. Read the Bible. You point me to a scripture that says that all stops, that, that, that cease, I'll trust you. Some of you pull off that 1 Corinthians 13 thing, when that which is perfect has come, then, then the other stuff will be done away with. Listen to me. The next thing says, we shall see him face to face. It's not talking about the, the, that. It's talking about seeing Jesus. We won't need those kind of supernatural things where we're staring Jesus right in the face. But until then, I'm just saying. Joseph, son of David, he calls, God calls him by name in a dream through the angel. Do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, the next thing happens really cool. He says, and she will. Not going to be, there's not going to be no miscarriage here. We're going to succeed at this thing. She will have a son. You didn't name him Jesus, for he will. We're going to succeed, save his people from their sins. Verse 22 says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Woo! I find that, the, and I'm going to talk about this in a couple of weeks, I found that the, God starts this, his church supernaturally. And as far as I understand, his church is still moving. And I probably think the way he started the thing, is probably the way he wants the thing to keep going until he says otherwise. Are you with me? And, 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 and he, he wants to do something among us as his followers. He wants to do something to affect the whole world. And right now, it's not because Joseph was that great of a dude, and it's not because Mary was that great of a woman. They were both very average, if I read the Scripture correctly, because there's not a whole lot else said. The Bible says he was righteous, he had a good heart. 
He wanted to follow God, right? That's kind of the only prerequisite, really. I mean, Romans 8.28 says all things work. Paul writes, for, I know, for we know that all things work for the good. And there's two requirements in there. For those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Only two requirements. Huh? And if you're listening to my voice right now, here's my belief. God's calling you to his purpose. You aren't here by accident. God's like, hey, I got you. I'm picking on you. Hey, I'm, listen to me. If you feel a nudge in your heart, a movement of God, something's triggering while we're talking this morning, that's the Holy Spirit of God going, I'm talking about you, I'm talking about you, I'm talking about you. So I'm just believing like everybody here, that God, God's picking on you right now. The only prerequisite is, do you love God? I think Mary and Joseph get picked, not because they're great, just because they love God. They're trying to figure out how to live life God's way. That's the, only, that's the only thing to me. I don't think they were super holy. I don't think they were super off the chart religious. They weren't involved in the Pharisees or the Sadducees or any of those religious clowns. They weren't involved in any of that. They were just living their lives, right? Trying to love God. I'm going to ask you a hard question. See, God's about to do something in Mary and Joseph's life by the power of his spirit, right? And what he's going to do through their life is going to do this. It's going to let the world around them know God is with them. Let's just get down to the rubber, meet the road. What in the world's going on in your life right now that lets the world around you know God is with them? And if you can't answer that question in the positive and your mind's going blank right now, you're not living Christianity the way God intended Christianity to be lived. He intended to work through his people with the power of God, the working of his Holy Spirit, through his grace and his love and his forgiveness. And if I ask that question and you go, Whoop, something's wrong. Because God still wants to be known as the God who is among his people, God who is with us. Is there someone in your world, your life right now, that knows God is with them because of what God's doing in your life right now? Are you playing church games? Because, you see, we're not here to play church games. We're not here just to sing songs and, and clap hands. We're not here just to, to, to responsibly read Scripture. We're not here just to do that. All, all those things. We're not here just to tithe. We are here to have an impact on the world around us. If God didn't need us, he would save us and take us to heaven. Are you with me? And so what's going on right now in you? What is the Spirit of God empowering you to do right now that makes a difference in the life of somebody else? They had to look back and go, ooh, God's, woo, woo. Because you see, when, when Jesus made himself known, the, the world had to take a breath. Because lepers were cleansed, prostitutes found hope, addicts got set free. Blind people got to see. And Jesus has the nerve to utter words in John 14 that says this, it's good for you to go, for me to go away. You know why? Because my Holy Spirit will come. And he, he talks things like this, he that is with you shall be in you. He has a nerve to look at these guys who, again, were, they, they'd been overlooked by the upper echelon, these disciples who had become the people we know as the apostles. He looked at them and go, you know, the things I'm doing, the things I do, you'll do too. Wow. 
and more, he says. Wow. And none of them individually did more than what Jesus did. But collectively, as a church, Jesus' reach was about 35, a 35-mile 35 radius. By the time John the Apostle died, after he had helped, God spoke to him the things that are found in the book of Revelation in about AD 110 or somewhere in there. Suddenly, the whole known world at the time was encapsulated. And so Jesus made good on his promise. And there are guys in there like Stephen and Philip and others who, who weren't the apostles, but were guys God used supernaturally to get things done. And they're, they're, there's a list of people. And read, read, read the epistles. God just anticipated that the, the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit would just happen among his people. Not because they were anything, but because he was. And so we're, we're those people. That has not ceased. The, the, the apostle Peter would stand up on the day of Pentecost after he'd been a, a jamoke for the, 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 the days leading up to, to Jesus' death. He goes, listen, and he preaches to 3,000 3, 3, people get saved. And one of the things he says, he says, this gift of the Holy Spirit will be for you and for those who are far off to as many as will believe. So if he says words like that, why would we believe that he stopped doing that? He's talking to you, and he, he's talking to me. Here's the thing. God's grace and plan and spirit collide. There's miraculous things happen. But there has to be a response from us in that. See, I think God's Spirit was overshadowing in that moment those words were spoken. I think the, the, the message of God was coming. The Spirit of God was there. And I think there was this girl named Mary. And you want to know I think when conception happens? I think conception happens in Luke 138. Just I'm just saying. Here's what I think happens. She listens. She hears. Some of you listen, but you don't hear. Hang on, hey, hang on. How many of y'all, good, good point, Greg. How many of y'all have ever had this conversation? When did we decide to do that? We talked three weeks ago. And you shook your head, yes. Yeah, any, any, of you, any of you spouses had that conversation before? Huh? How about any of you parents and kids? I don't remember that. Whatever. Huh? And Mary looks like this. Mary responds, Luke 138, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And we find out that Joseph has the very same heart. Matthew 124 reads like this. When Joseph woke up, he doesn't say any words, but he just responds. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. His heart was the same as Mary's. In those moments, I think God went, boom, that's it. And then suddenly something started growing inside of Mary. See, I don't think God's done with any of us yet. I was out Friday. Man, I'm late. I don't care. I just really, I just really don't care. Friday, I was out. I, I, this is going to sound awful. I've been doing this, this thing with, 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 with some people over the last few months called Cosone. It's about how you map out your, your life and, 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 and use the scriptures to figure out where God's calling you, what your purposes might be, detect your gifts, and all sorts of things. And, and, and I'm going to say something. I'm gonna be honest. I've been honest all morning. Why should I stop now? Yes, I did drink alcohol on Christmas Eve with my great-grandma Chanley. Let's just get that out of the way. Okay, I did it. She's in heaven now. I think everything's okay. Get that out of the way. 
all right? But I, I, I tell people, we, we did, there's a gifts assessment in there, and I tell you, if, if the top five of those things pop up and somebody you get a chance to use one of them, you should just say yes, right? God's gifted you to do something, just use it, baby, use it. Somebody asks you to do, to do something that's in that wheelhouse God's created you for, yeah, have at it. On the other end of the spectrum, there's probably things you're not very good at. And so I looked at some guys the other day. I said, listen, look at your bottom five. If somebody asks you to do that, you should say no. I'm going to alleviate the confusion for you. If, you. if these are in your bottom five and somebody says, hey, why don't you? No. See, people have told me before, Aaron, you should write books. Guess what's in the bottom five of my, and I've tried it, and it's frustrating, and I hate it. Hate it. Guess what one of my gifts aren't? Writing. So the next time you guys get an idea that Aaron should write books, just be quiet right now. I'm saying no. I try to do a blog and hold on yards. I'm not doing it. Okay? Y'all want me to make something crafty and craft into artistry? Forget it. No, it ain't happening. You want me to jump on this music thing right here? No, it ain't happening. I'll kick that thing over. It won't be because I'm performing. Because those are, those are in my bottom five. Are you with me? If I start singing, we all got problems, Right? But there's two other things that are in my bottom five. And this may sound awful. I'm glad God gifted the rest of some of you others in this kind of capacity. My, my bottom is giving. And my kids go, oh, that's for sure my dad, because gifts are not his love language. I'm a quality time, personal affection kind of a dude. That's what I do. That's it. That's all I got. Okay? I don't mind giving. I will give, but it's just not my gift. You know, some of you just can't wait to give something away. I just kind of float through life. I just want to be near people. That's what I do. I want to help them through stuff. That's just what I do, right? The other one of the things that I'm not gifted at, I'm grateful we have people who are, is I'm not good at intercessory prayer. It's number five on my bottom five. That's why when you ask me if I'll pray, I grab your hands right then and there. Anybody ever had me say, will you pray about something? I'll go, let's pray right now. Anybody ever had me do that? That's why. But I got to tell you something. This week had been an amazing month, week of prayer for me. I was, I was praying one on, on Wednesday. I took the whole day and did nothing but pray. I talked to somebody on Thursday, and they started telling me about something that, was, that happened to them on Wednesday. And they said, you know, it happened about 1130. And I said, 1130. And my mind started going backwards. I said, tell me more. And they kept telling me. And I was calling their name out in prayer at that moment. Now, on Friday, I was out praying again. I was out praying. I, go, I spend the first part of my day. I go walk and I pray. That's what I do every morning. And I began to pray. And as I was praying, it just like something came over me, man. And God began to show me people, a part of our church. And I began to pray prayers for people. And, and things just began to like, like, like spark, and I don't know how else to describe it. Man, it was just like, bam, running after another, after another, after another. And man, I was just ate up. I was like, woo! Anybody ever had that happen for you before? You gotta pray until it happens. You really, really should. There's a deep place in Jesus. He wants all of you. I believe that. I believe that. God, God's looking for somebody who'll say yes. Who respond like Mary. All of you said about me, God, let it come to you. I'm your servant. And here's what you gotta do. You gotta stop writing your own chapters. Stop writing your own chapters. You, you, you stop figuring out how it's supposed to go. You let God figure it out. 
Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.